Barry Richter joining us right now. Barry, before NHL, have you heard um, anything about Wisconsin hockey? Besides, last we heard, a football team and the hockey team had to shut down for two weeks just because of a, a little uptick in positive COVID-19 tests. But have you heard of anything when it comes to the season? You know, I heard there was uh, the last I've heard that maybe it's two weeks delayed uh, in terms of the hockey season. So that's that's the latest I have heard. But now with this new news, I mean, who knows? Everything's on the table now. So yeah. it's going to be... Um, it's going to be very, very interesting how they do it with other sports. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure out there. There's a lot of pressure for revenue to bring in no to doubt. support other sports, and so it's just a, it's a fine balancing act. It's, it'll be very, very interesting to see. And every county and state's different, so yeah. it's gonna. Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, let's you know today. Let's take it and <laughs> let's have a little positive mojo going into the weekend. And, Love it, man. And ha- have some fun. All right, Barry, here we go. Let's have some fun with some NHL. The It's set for Lord Stanley's Cup. The Stars versus the Lightning. What do we think of this matchup for the championship, Barry? Well, I, first off, I just want to say it's that time of year, right? Stanley Cup, I just, I just wanted to say that because it's September. But <laughs> 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 it's that time of year. we got to talk about Stanley Cup playoffs. But, uh, no, it's going to be great. Uh, last night, Tampa Bay won in overtime against the Islanders. And it was just a uh, you know battle. I mean that was a that they needed to win that. Tampa Bay definitely needed to win Game Six. Otherwise, the Islanders would have had momentum going into Game Seven, and anything could have happened in Game Seven. So that's a big sigh of relief for that team. Very very solid team, and that and their captain is out, Steven Stamkos, who's been a uh, a long time All Star, going to be a Hall of Famer, has been out with injury, sort of the unfit to play since uh, February. And who knows if he's going to be back or not uh, to play in this final series. But that team is just rocking and rolling. Barry, what is uh, – so, I mean, that was an overtime victory. What's it like uh, in overtime? Is it – is everything is just – is it more tense? Does the ice feel a little more thin? Like, what happens out there when you're skating around in overtime? It's it's very intense because it's just one shot, one goal is done, right? It's uh, So it's just – it's trying to be – Aggressive when you can be aggressive, but you know a mindset of protecting the puck and not making turnovers. Uh, you saw in the Dallas uh, Stars game against the Las Vegas Knights. You know, unfortunately, um, you know there's a there's a, a young defenseman number two called Zach Whitecloud who actually lifted the puck over the glass, and that's a penalty. And that happened in overtime. And he saw this. He's a rookie, and he just saw his face. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And then, of course, Dallas scored to win it and to go to the Stanley Cup. And you see this young 22-year-old, he played at the Bemidji State, I believe. Um, his face was just, I mean, he was actually crying. I mean, it's just—it's a lot, of, a lot of emotion. He felt just really bad for the kid. So any kind of mistake, anything that can happen. Um, there was a penalty leading into overtime last night, and, and this guy was a veteran, and he had his face of, you know, just despair. So it's intense, really, really intense, and especially if you – you lose or win the game to to head to the Stanley Cup Finals. It just makes it that much more. Yeah, Barry Richter joining us right now, talking about the NHL playoffs. Barry, looking back at everything that has unfolded this year for the playoffs, obviously we never want to go down this road again of 2020 because 2020 is absolutely terrible. But when you look at the playoffs as a whole, we had to wait for it for a while with the restart and they're in the bubble, yada, yada, yada. What was your overall takeaway from these playoffs compared to years past, which might be kind of a hard question to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Well, I think what we were facing, I think it was a huge success. I mean, the, the, the way they had it set up, the way they put the, the, two, the teams in the bubble, they uh, also allowed uh, four extra teams to come in because you, 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 had, you had more games to play in the season. So they had to, they had to do some jockeying there, and, and whoever was playing well was going to get in the playoffs. So I thought they did a great job. you got to give it to the, the, the players, the coaching staff, and anyone that's in the bubble for sacrificing for being away for, for two months from their families to, to make this work and uh, to, to sacrifice for the cup is just, it's just a great story. And the, and the ratings have been up. I know other ratings and other of the major leagues have, have been down. And I think it's just been a good, uh, good game to watch on TV. Um, and, and so it's, it's been a success in my eyes. And, and now what do you, what do you do now though? I have to, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy for two weeks and <laughs> link up and then they get, let the guys go rest for a month or two months and then we'll have to figure out what we do for next season, but let's enjoy it for the next two weeks. Yeah, there's so many things to figure out moving forward, right? Like, just how does the season play out next year? How, what are you going to do for international guys? You know, it's, there's so many things to figure out. But to your point, Barry, let's enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals. And speaking of the Stanley Cup Finals, what does my man Barry Richter see happening in this series here? 
Man, you look at Dallas, and uh, so what, what's great about this storyline is a couple of them here. You got you got two Badgers that have never won the Stanley Cup. So one Badger will win the Stanley Cup. You got Ryan McDonough on Tampa Bay. You got Joe Pavelski on Dallas. Uh, so one of the bad one of those guys will win the Stanley Cup, and both of them are just great, great gentlemen, just awesome guys, really, really great guys. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch, but obviously sad for the other one. But uh, Dallas, Dallas seems to have some kind of mojo going on, Evo. I don't know what it is. They just they they, they win games. They got something going on. And it, you see it, you sense it. it. You've always seen this in sports, in professional sports, where the team hasn't had the best, like the top notch regular season, but they they put it together. They have this backup goaltender, Kudobin, who looks so funny. And I mean, this guy's <laughs> just a beauty. And this guy's <laughs> a beauty. I love that. I love that word, a beauty. Oh, he's just he's a journeyman, and he's he, the backup to Brian Bishop and uh, or Ben Bishop, and uh, he's doing it. And for some reason, he's just stopping pucks and everything. And they have a really, really good team. Dallas has a solid team, really puck moving defensemen and some and some forwards that are playing a lot better than they were prior. But Tampa Bay, you know, this Braden Point is probably the best player in the in the, in the playoffs right now. And so you have Vasilevsky and Nett, and then you also have uh, Victor Hedman, who's going to be the best defenseman, yeah. trophy winner. So I, it's up in the air. You, 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 like, you tend to lean towards Tampa Bay. It'll be interesting to see if Stamkos comes back, Steven Stamkos comes back, but do you really allow him to come back when you're playing well? <laughs> you know, it's a lot of chemistry questions there. So it's going to be a good, good battle. I, I, I can't really see... I would like to see that first game, which is Saturday yeah. night. I want to see the first game and see how it matches up. I tend to lean towards Tampa Bay. I really do. Yeah. Um, in winning the series in, in six, but other than that, it's I'd like to see Dallas has got something going on though. Yeah, they Sometimes do. you just can't you can't answer that. This is crazy though. I was reading a quote from the the Lightning's forward Patrick Maroon, and he said he said quote um my fingernails are gone, and that is was in response to someone asking him what it's like being the first team in NHL history to clinch three consecutive series in overtime. That yeah. is crazy. That's wild, well, Barry. Well, Evo and I've said this all along. You know, I'm a huge hockey fan, obviously. You know, I'm a little, you know, slighted towards that. But when you look at these games, they're overtime. I mean, these things are overtime. This is not a blowout. This is not uh, – these are tight games. And, and, and it can go either way. And just to watch sudden death overtime where it's one shot and you're in, it's over, boom. I mean, this is why, you know, and, and to have three of them, you're right, to, to end the series. I mean, what? how awesome is that? It's crazy. So you look it's really at what awesome. Tampa Bay, yeah, exactly. And you look at what Tampa Bay's got going and those kinds of things just have, then you just feel invincible when you know that you head into overtime and you are winning those overtime games. You feel so confident that you're going to win the next one. Yeah, so Barry, I'm reading here too, um, so... A Badger is going to get Lord Stanley's Cup. My question is, when when it comes here to Madison, if it does, is Barry Richter going to be able to like I don't know be around it? Would Barry Richter touch it? Like what would Barry Richter? <laughs> would Barry Richter? Can Barry Richter pull some strings to like bring it in here? Like what's going on? Uh, you know, I, I, I those guys are younger guys. I know them a little bit, but I don't know them well enough to bother. You know me. I'm not going to bother those guys, and and who knows how they're going to be able to do this. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. COVID. I I forgot about it for a second. It was nice actually. Yeah, you're you're actually feeling good about where you were. I was, and then you, you brought me back down to earth, Barry. COVID nineteen. <laughs> Sorry. I don't so I guess no one's really going to touch it, are they? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know Joe Pavelski lives in Madison. Um, yeah. He, he he lives in Madison, so. Um, and the big Plover, Wisconsin guy, and yeah. then who knows? Maybe he'll bring it back, and uh, somehow people can enjoy looking at it uh, with the with the big we glass. Can a, we can have a zoom. We can have a zoom conference with it. How about that, Barry? Uh, the, well, I, I, <laughs> yeah. We can put him in a car like the Pope or something like that. You know, like a big glass. <laughs> yeah, the Pope Mobile. Yeah, that's funny, man. And then I saw this: the Lightning. Um, they said they were happy to touch and embrace the Prince of Wales trophy as 48 members of the team's traveling party came into the ice to accept it. And they said there's always been this existential uh, uh, crisis for teams to touch it or not to touch it uh, when it comes to the conference trophy. What have you ever like? What would Barry do in this situation? Yeah, no, it's it's really up to the it's the sort of the captains uh, decide what's going on. And if you saw Dallas, Dallas did not touch it. Yeah. Dallas did not touch it. Jamie Ben is uh, the Canadian-born uh, hockey player. Probably grew up a little bit more uh, in terms of um, 
historical perspective and don't touch it. And the reason not to touch it is because you really want to touch the Stanley Cup. That's yeah. not the trophy you want. You don't want the conference trophy. And the trophies are really are actually amazing. Both those trophies for the conferences are just really cool back to, you know, 1920s, 1930s, really, really neat trophies. And then you saw Tampa Bay is like different. No, no, because they did not touch it. They they did not touch it back in 2015, and they lost. So they oh. said, hey, we're going to touch it. So you talk about superstitions, and, uh, you know, one team touches it, one team doesn't touch it. We'll see what happens, man. Would you say we'll Would you say hockey guys are the most superstitious bunch out there, Barry? They're pretty superstitious. Goalies are uh, a couple notches above uh, the actual players <laughs> like we've already talked about. But, you know, I don't know about other major sports. That's a very, very good question. I, I, I don't know if uh, you know, the football guys in the locker rooms do certain things. And I, I'm sure everyone's got a routine. Did you? Right? I, I know and I've asked so, before, but did you have a certain routine or anything? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. It's a, it's, a, it's a routine. You get into it. You come to the rink at a certain time. You tape your stick at a certain time. You're getting dressed. You're stretching at a certain time. Do the same stretches. It's it's not like you don't talk to anyone and you're and you're just. Uh, Did you wear like the focused. same socks for every game? Didn't wash it or anything? No, no, okay, no, no. Good. No, not, it's not that crazy. <laughs> not the same underwear or shirts. And that's socks. good. No, no, no. Scared me for a second there, no. Richter. That's good. Not at all, man. You just but you do the same things because it just makes you feel comfortable. And then if you have a bad, but if you have a bad game, you're definitely doing something else, right? You yeah. sort of change up a little bit, little things. So it's uh, it's it's. It's definitely a, there's a, there's things that you do that's very very similar just to keep you in the in the mindset. Barry, before I let you go, man, what are your plans for the Green Bay Packers? And that's your takeaway after Week One for the Green and Gold, man. After seeing that beatdown on the Vikings, God, did Rodgers look good? Yeah, wow. I mean, that was uh, that was actually a, a bit of a treat to watch him uh, pass that pass the ball and everything. So it was uh, it was pretty good. It was fun to watch. Actually, just any kind of football on TV. Yeah, so. no kidding. What do you think happens on Sunday? Well, I think the Packers. I'm always about the Pack, man. The oh, pack I know. Guys. I like the Packers. Uh, I, I bleed green and gold. Barry Richter bleeds green and gold. Also, that Badger Cardinal red and white, too, man. So, uh, Barry, before um, I unfortunately say adieu, your thoughts as Joe Buck goes into the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, your thoughts on Joe Buck as an announcer? Joe Buck as an announcer? Uh, <laughs> someone who <laughs> What did they say it there? Was, there was a guy like they uh, they loved to loved to hate or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I compare it to said. Nickelback, Barry. Everyone, you said- did. That was you. That was you. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. I was oh like, yeah, oh I forgot God. you're cruising around on Twitter. You always you're like laid in the weeds in Twitter. You never say or do anything, but you're just always reading, right? <laughs> I, I saw that. I was gonna sound. I was gonna take a little picture of that and send it to my dad because my dad's a Nickelback fan. I was. I'm gonna do that. So. Barry, I will. I will right now for your dad, Pat Richter. I will gladly take a screenshot of it, send it to you, so you can send it to your dad. I will. I will definitely forward that to him. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, listen, he's been around for a long, long time. I, I can't really. I know I'm not a, a media person. I don't know how how great he is. I don't know really the ins and outs. I just know that he's. Him and Aikman always had something out for the Packers, and, and we didn't, we don't really enjoy it. He, and he gets a little, you know, goofy sometimes when he talks and stuff like that. A little, <laughs> you know, drips the cheese a little bit, right? So, but um, would you call him a butte sometimes? This guy here's well, a real no. butte. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would not. He actually, it's a lovingly term, right? It's a lovingly term. Beauty is a lovingly term. Like you, you know, it just it's one of your buddies that you just look at. You're a beauty. That's you know? funny, man. And uh, no, I would not give him that term. All right, Barry, check your phone. I just screenshotted it. And make sure you pass it along to your dad and tell uh, tell your him tell him I said hello here. All right. We'll do. Well, you guys have a great uh, weekend. See and, you, Barry. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Take yeah. care. See you, buddy. There he is, Barry Richter, Wisconsin legend. <laughs> Our sports director, Zach Heilprin, the fountain of Wisconsin sports knowledge. Zach, was that better? It wasn't bad. It was good for Friday. <laughs> hey, we're, all, we're all just trying to get to the weekend. Yeah, hey, we're almost there, man. Loverboy said it best. Everyone's just working for the weekend. Ooh, I just think I found your song. All right, so, Zach, <laughs> we, yesterday at this time, we did a little recap of a position-by-position preview on the offensive side of the ball for the Wisconsin Badgers. And the reality is setting in that, yes, indeed, we are going to be getting football October 23rd, 24th. And then I saw a story yesterday. Isn't that funny as they announced the Big Ten coming back? Then they dropped this story that... Uh, a bunch of was it football players got contracted COVID nineteen positive test results. Do you know any more about that? Well, yeah, the, the uh, right after it was announced on Wednesday that they were coming back, the Dane County and Madison Public Health uh, Department put out a statement, essentially not not overly happy with it uh, because it was going to draw people together. It was going to draw people together to watch the game, 
And then they, uh, they came out and said that 42 players or staff had tested positive since the testing began back in early June. Um, however, you know, it's been further uh, reported on that 29 of those have come since September 1st. And so that, uh, so this is a yeah, total, that, that is what, this is a total, this is a total yeah. from the whole time. So it's like, th- this is not just brand new. This is something that's been, ha- that has already happened, right? No, the 42 is, is all time. The 29 is, oh, in, the gotcha. last, is in the last two weeks. And, so, and we already knew that September because 1st. they shut down for two weeks, right? Hockey and football, correct? Right. Right, but this is just football. This is football staff gotcha. and players. Okay. Um, and, it, and, it, and it had shut down, but, you know, we didn't know the exact number. Now we know the exact number. So, uh, But apparently they're still going to be able to start up uh, on the 24th and, you know, work their way back in. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm just glad football's back. Hell freaking yeah. All right, Zach, um, I also want to talk a little Packers with you coming up, but let's let's continue our conversation from yesterday. Like, I couldn't sleep last night because all I could think about was getting Zach on to finish up this convo uh, when it comes to position-by-position breakdown. Mm-hmm. And I'm yep. glad it's, we've, it can finally come to fruition. Let's go yeah. to the defensive side of the ball, and I'm just looking at your incredible article at MadCitySportsZone.com. What's looking like for the defensive line for Bucky? Bring back everybody essentially, right? And they got uh, they got two seniors coming back that are going to lead things with uh, Isaiah Laudermilk and Garrett Rand, and then uh, Matt Heddington will provide some depth there in the nose tackle spot. They got a couple big guys, uh, Keanu Benton out of Janesville, who really uh, came out of nowhere last year. I, I, I remember watching him in fall camp like the first day, and he just looked lost as heck. And he came out and, and uh, ended up playing pretty well. I think he's he's a, a star in the making. And then Bryson Williams coming off an injury will kind of be his backup there. Yeah, Zach, still there? Albert? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought yeah. you dropped off for a second there. My bad. Uh, yeah, so defensive that line. Was just it. Oh, that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you guys, it was like a cliffhanger right there. I thought I thought I was Sly Stallone for a second. All right, uh, All right. looking at the linebacker position then. Um, well, defense. I mean, returning a ton of starters, except isn't the linebacker position the one that kind of took the biggest blow? Yeah, it did. Obviously, you lose your two biggest playmakers in Zach Bond and, and Chris Orr, and so. You're uh, gotta you gotta replace some guys. I was uh, I think at outside linebacker Noah Burks is, is the one guy that you can count on returning, and then the other outside linebacker spot is the one that is really the unknown. Uh, you have Isaiah Green May, you have Spencer Lytle, you have Jalen Franklin, you have a true freshman in Nick Herbig out of Hawaii who's a four-star recruit. I think you know I'm not sure who's who's going to be that guy. It could be a rotation of guys throughout the entire you know the entire season until they they find their guy. And then at inside linebacker, you know, you have Jack Sanborn returning. He's probably their best defensive guy in terms of, uh, you know, NFL next uh, next level talent. Um, but then next to him, who, who's going to fit in there? I think it's going to be John Chanel, or excuse me, uh, Leo Chanel, the guy who can do 315 pounds 18 times, that just an absolute beast uh, strength-wise, but also – it seems pretty instinctive as, a, as an inside linebacker, too. So you have him. And then Mike Mascalunas and Numa uh, Namjeta? Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I'm just, yeah. So those are, those those would be the uh, the inside linebacker and the outside linebacker group. Uh, but Wisconsin's always been known to just, they never, they never rebuild on linebacker, right? It's always reload, correct? That's the way it has been. I mean, it seems like the next All American steps in. I don't know who that guy's going to be, though. At this point, like I don't know. Who, I don't. They have a ton of talent. Like they've been able to recruit really well at outside linebacker the last two years, and uh, that they've. There's going to be somebody there. It's just we're not sure who it's going to be yet. Yeah, I can't wait to find out though. Come October 23rd to the 24th. Hell yeah, dude! All right, then let's uh, turn our attention to the secondary. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn our attention to the secondary, Zach. Uh, what are we looking at for Wisconsin in the backfield there? They got about eight million guys returning back there, especially at cornerback. Uh, they bring everybody back at corner. Uh, you would assume that uh, Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks would be their starters, um, and then, you know, uh, and uh, Rashad Wildgoose would be their nickel. But then they can ha- they have so many guys who could fill in that have played snaps. Mar Melvin started against Minnesota and Ohio State at the end of last year, but he was able to end up redshirting, and I think he'll play uh, minutes. Alex Smith, Dante Burton, uh, Deron Harrell. Um, Go on down the line of guys that have had some that have played at least some football, and, and Jim Leonard has a lot of options there. I think the, the interesting thing is that safety, where you had two guys play really, really well last year, and Eric Morrell and, and Reggie Pearson, and then you have Scott Nelson, you know, who got hurt in Game One last year. Yeah, he had started his entire redshirt freshman year. 
how do they work those guys in? I don't think that Scott Nelson is just going to walk back in and be the one of the starters. I think it's going to be Reggie Pearson and Eric Burrell. But how do you work Scott Nelson back in? Do you play three safeties? I think you probably could. So uh, it's a, I mean, it's, I mean, there's not a ton of questions on defense, but you know, there's some behind-the-scenes type of questions like yeah. that. Their cup overfloweth with talent, though. Um, it was what they I do. can gather. That's nice to see. Yeah. And something that is near and dear to Nelson's heart: special teams. Nelson, um, you had to get it off your chest earlier today. Who was your favorite Badger last year? <laughs> oh, it had to be Anthony Lottie. <laughs> yeah, big, big Anthony Lottie fan. He, he's a big Lottie guy. Lottie Dottie, he likes the pate. Zach, what yeah. are looking at for the special teams? They've got a lot. Of, they got questions there. Obviously, Colin, Colin Marsh would probably be the kicker if he came today. He was 7-for-7 seven seven inside 30 yards and 5-for-11 uh, outside of 30 yards. So, they need. They. I mean, they need. So get close. Him to be. They need to be a little bit more consistent. <laughs> um, and then at punter, no one has a clue as to who, who the punter is going to be. They. They have a, a transfer in from. I want to say Upper Iowa University. I don't think that's what it is, but. Um, and we'll go with it. Yeah, a Division three school who only averaged like thirty-seven yards a kick, but. Oh, it fit right he in. Would, Does he yeah, catch it though? Um, Can he catch the snap? <laughs> I think that's the most important thing, right? Like, I don't care how far you punt it as long as you catch it. You literally have two jobs. You catch the ball, you punt the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's, uh, some uncertainty there. Jack Dunn will probably be your punt returner, which I'm sure everybody will will love. And then kick returner, who's your kick returner in place of Aaron Cruikshank, who transferred to Rutgers. I think Isaac Grendel will probably be one of the guys that will get a chance back there. Um, I'm going to ask Zach, you, and Nelson, what's – What's better, uncertainty at the punting position or knowing you got Lottie back there? Uncertainty. Zach? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that, well, Zach. You don't have to answer that. Based on, based on his last two games, I would say uh, uncertainty. <laughs> Ohio State's probably like, damn, can we get that guy back? All right, so Zach Halpern, yeah, oh our sports director, join us right now. Um, Zach, one last thing about the Badgers I have to ask you about, and Nelly and I were talking about it uh, with RJ, and then also before the show started, we were a little confused. This new four-star commitment, he was initially the first one for the 2022 class. Now he's upped his commitment to 2021 he's enrolling in madison next june is this yeah. just this guy's just ready to play ball yeah he wants to reclassify he's going to have enough uh, credits or i guess requirements done at the high school level at fond du Lac to be able to get it done in three years and yeah wants to be in i mean it's a, it's a huge hit to their 2022 class because he's the only player in it but <laughs> he uh he automatically i mean he if he had been in the 2021 class which i guess he will end up being he would have been the top recruit in wisconsin so um he's a really good player and I think he, he, I think he may end up at at safety, or I should say, I think at, at linebacker. But he's listed as a safety. He's a yeah. big kid, but yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to come in early, and and now this class is. I mean, it was already going to be the best class in school history, but now uh, I think it's even it's even more so now for sure. Yeah, it's a juggernaut, man. Moving forward, yeah. crazy. All right, Zach, let's switch gears here. Staying in football, but going to the professional ranks as the Green Bay Packers welcome in the Detroit Lions Sunday Lambeau Field. No fans in the stands. How about this? The first time since 1960 that Lambeau Field is not sold out. Does it count though for not a sellout when you're not selling tickets? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I, it still I, you, you would you would hope not. I, I know that Nebraska is going to be the same way. Like they they've had sales for like 270 or something like that straight games, and they're not going to have any fans in the stands this year. And I'm, I'm sure they won't uh, change their. I'm sure they won't uh, take away that record. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But looking at um, the Packers and the injury front, well, the the injury bug reared its ugly head a little bit Wednesday on the injury report. But getting a couple guys back. Uh, to limited or full participation in practice yesterday. One name yeah. who did not participate, though, Kenny Clark. What do you think it's looking like for his status on Sunday? I would say it's probably very unlikely that he plays. I mean, mm-hmm. usually you would get them on the field uh, yesterday, at least on a limited basis, and uh, he didn't take part at all. So that that would be, suggest that he's not really close to being ready to go. And so they're going to probably be without him, and that's not great. Because Adrian Peterson has, no matter who he's been with, whether it's the Vikings or, the, or Washington, has owned them. And so, uh, I mean, he, he had 93 yards last week against the Bears. looked looked pretty darn good. So they're going to have to try and stop uh, stop him without Kenny Clark, I would think. At this point, it certainly looks like he will not play. Yeah, did I see Billy Turner's back in practice, and so was uh, Lucas Patrick? Yeah, the great news. Yeah, Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick, and Elton Jenkins, all who yep. were limited on Wednesday, took part full and were, were full full participants yesterday. 
That's good news. Um, you know, this game, when you look back at last season, as the Packers in both games never led a single second, uh, but right. they ended up winning both games. And then you also throw in the fact that last week the Lions lined so hard by oh, yeah. giving up 17, what, they were up by 17, I think is what it was, and then they end up losing to the Chicago Bears despite a chance to win it. DeAndre Swift drops the ball. <laughs> Do you take? Would you take into account that the Lions being in a grumpy mood of – losing the way they did two times last season and last week? Is it going to be in for a, a quite the game for the Packers against the Lions? Kind of sounds like that's what Matt LaFleur is expecting. Now, we'll see. I, they're also – I mean, it sounds like they actually will have Jeff Okuda, their, their number one pick, the number three overall pick, uh, says that he – it looks like he may go, but they're going to be without a couple other corners. And the way that Aaron – I mean, if Aaron Rodgers plays like he did last week at the offense and the, the, the wide receivers play like they did last week, I don't think it'll be a, a, an extremely close game, but you know we'll we'll see if Aaron Rodgers in that passing game is as good as it looked last week inside and uh, against a really really brand new secondary versus you know with these guys a whole bunch of replacements in there. So we'll see. I'm, uh, I I think Packers by ten, but Hell yeah. you know we'll yeah. I mean we you, you never know with what what Matt Stafford's going to show up. Are they going to get after are the Packers going to get after the quarterback? And and do the lines are the lines pissed off or are they uh, demoralized after you know hardcore lining last week? <laughs> How about this stat? The Packers or I should say Matt Lafleur seven and zero in the NFC North. Pretty wild, man. That's he's actually yeah. he's not too bad, is he? No LaFraud there. <laughs> no, <laughs> just a LaFluke. <laughs> seven <laughs> seven and zero LaFluke. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Zach, before I let you go, which it pains me greatly whenever I do, you know, I, I shed a couple tears whenever I have to hit that hang up button on you. But mm-hmm. last last night, uh, not about the Bengals and Browns specifically. I'm talking about Joe Buck. Joe Buck uh, is announced that uh, he, he's let it be known that he's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Packer fans love to hate on Joe Buck. What is uh, Zach Heilprin's opinion on the broadcasting of now Hall of Fame to be Joe Buck? Eh. <laughs> like, not not uh, overly uh, eh. uh, don't like him. Just an eh. Meh. Meh. That's a M-E-H. Eh. 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 I don't know. What do you guys I like Joe Buck. I like Joe Buck. I think his only downfall is being with Troy Aikman. See, everyone thinks that Joe Buck hates their team. It doesn't matter whether it's the Packers or anybody else. Everyone thinks that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman hate their team. And, you know, I think they just hate all the teams equally. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm yeah. with you, Zach. I'm pretty indifferent. I think Joe he's great. Buck. I think he's great. Eh? 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 Okay. Hey, but congratulations to Joe Buck. Yeah, he, I know Joe's listening, and he's, he's going to probably uh, message me later <laughs> Said thanks. tell Zach thanks. And, yep. Zach, before you're out of here, it's something I have to do. You got to give us the puppy update. How's little Dane doing? Been a little bit of a uh, a little thorn in your great. side. No, no, he's been great. He's he's great. Love having a puppy. Love having a puppy that never wants to calm down. Are and you? To, yeah. Have you gone sock shopping or su- uh, shoe shopping at all? Anything uh, getting eaten no. up? Can't go shopping. We have to stay home with them, right? Oh, I got Amazon. I guess you can help Jeff True. Bezos get richer. I've, he has, I mean, this this dog has more toys and more bones and more anything that I think any puppy's ever had, and yet he still wants to chew on my fingers instead. That's so, good. It's a sign of affection, uh, Zach, and there's always the open invite for Dane to come on these airwaves and to share his insights yeah. on Wisconsin sports uh, right here well, on the show. Well, he's probably just as, he's probably uh, as, um, yeah, yeah. Insightful yeah, yeah. as Nelson? I was going to say I was going to say it's insightful as me, but oh. um, I couldn't find the word. So uh, well, that's why I yeah. got your back, bro. Appreciate it. All right, Zach. Everyone is working for the weekend. We appreciate your just incredible knowledge. And now, once I hit this hang up, I'm going to cry during the commercial break. Okay. All right, man. Sorry. I'll see you later. There he is, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Green Bay Packers host the Detroit Lions. Lambeau Field, noon kickoff, no fans in the stands. For shame. Lions are trying to bounce back after blowing it. A 17-point fourth quarter come from behind victory for Mitch Stinkbisky and the Bears. That marked the Lions' 10th consecutive defeat. A skid that began last November. Time to change those underwears, boys. Ugh. Yikes. Green Bay last year went 9-1 in games decided by 8 points or fewer. (laughs) 
Isn't that nuts? Yeah, I think that was the second best uh, win total in the NFL. Check this out. The Packers have the luck that way. The Lions, <laughs> the Lions are one and nine in games decided by eight points or fewer. <laughs> the Packers nine and one in eight games or in eight points or fewer. I think the only team wow. uh, that did better than the Packers last year, wins wise, was the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I think they had ten wins by one possession or less. That's nuts, man. Nuts. The Lions have lost 11 games that they have led in the fourth quarter under Matt Patricia, who took over in 2018. Who was it, Jim Cald- Caldwell before him? Lions uh, and No, that was... Or who was it? It was um, Pagano, wasn't it? La- Chuck Pagano. In 2017? 2017 Lions coach. It was... Let's see here. I'll get the list up. Before map, yeah, it was Jim Caldwell, 2014 to 2017. Yep, and I remember Jim Caldwell went nine and seven, and the Lions fired him. And then they was Chuck Pagano, and then they hired Matt Patricia. Matt, oh, you're talking about the Lions? Why was it? Never mind. I was talking about the Colts. The game that's happening on Sunday: Packers versus Lions. Yes. Never mind. Sorry. That's all right. Little brain fog. Okay, we're all working for the weekend. But I instantly thought Colts when you said Caldwell. You're all good, brother. Jim Caldwell fired for going 9-7 and seven with the Detroit Lions this final year. They hire Matt Patricia, the giant slob of a man himself, who comes from the Bill Belichick tree. Well, apparently the roots have gone bad. <laughs> Something happened right there where uh, they must have put... Who was that guy that killed all those trees in Auburn? Harvey Updike. Harvey Updike. I think Harvey Updike got to the Bill Belichick tree and killed whatever roots Matt Patricia had planted down because Matt Patricia... Yikes. Not good for the Lions. <laughs> I can't believe they went 9-7 and seven and fired the guy. Anyways, so the Lions lost 11 games that they have led in the fourth quarter under Patricia. Wow. Lions are going to be have a tough, tough go against that Packers offense because it is... Am I overreacting and saying the Packers looking right now, looking at like peak efficiency of their offense? Rodgers threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns, and that was without any preseason and shortened practice. Yeah, that was probably the best game I've seen Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have together. It was incredible. That was the best quarterback rating Rodgers has posted since 2010. Devontae Adams caught 14 passes. That is a, that's tied for a single-game record. Don Hudson did it. Uh, Don Hudson's 78-year-old franchise single-game record. Devontae Adams ties it. What is, I asked you this, I think on Monday, Rowdy, off here after the show. What's more impressive? that Don Hudson did it back in the day when they just ran the football or that it stood so long that Devontae Adams tied it? I think it had to be the the Don Hudson just having the record in That's general. Insane. Just because you, you wouldn't really think about that, especially when you could name all the receivers that have come yeah. since then, just from basically when Brett Favre took over in the 90s till now. Yeah. Uh, so looking at this game, uh, looking forward to hear. I got some comments from head coach Matt LaFleur. I was just bagging on Patricia a little bit right there. I mean, the guy just looks – the guy – I remember a, a press conference from last year. There was a reporter who was kind of like slumped down in a chair a little bit asking questions. You know, a lot of these reporters don't have a spine anyways. But he was just kind of slumped down. And Matt Patricia was just like, yo, can you sit up when you're talking to me? At least at least look like you're interested in being here. Matt, Matt Patricia was trying to like dress this guy up and down about like looking unprofessional. Matt Patricia, dude, look in the mirror. It looks like you haven't shaved in three years. You got a backwards hat, a pencil stuck in it, gym shorts, and your belly hanging out under your friggin' shirt there, brother. Look in the mirror for a second. But enough of me bagging on Matt Patricia. Here is Matt LaFleur talking about Matt Patricia. Not bagging on him. He was uh, kind of kind. Come on. You can they're going to challenge you, and they're going to play a lot of man coverage, and it's just what style of man coverage, who are they going to double? You know, I've got a lot of respect for what he's been able to, to accomplish, and they play competitive football, man. We know that they're going to be physical. They're going to know what to do, and our guys got to really prepare well and then go out and, and win one-on-one matchups when, when they present themselves. My main question from that is what has Matt Patricia accomplished? Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> Matt LaFleur, the ultimate, the ultimate coach speak. Here's more Lef- uh, from LaFleur on uh, Matt Stafford. I'm a Matt Stafford guy. I like Matt Stafford. You like Matt Stafford, yeah, Rowdy? Yeah, I, lo- I think Matt Stafford's extremely underrated. Same. He just had the uh, unfortunate 
luck of being drafted by the Lions, the Lions and the playing his whole injury. career with the Lions. And he had a back injury last year as well. Here's more from Lafleur on the gunslinger that is Matt Stafford. I think he's got an elite arm talent. I think he's unfairly criticized, to be quite honest. And I think he's one of the best QBs in the league. He, he just consistently can make any throw on the field. And I just think he's one of those underrated players in, in the National Football League. Speaking of underrated, Matt LaFleur then switches gears to looking at the green and gold, and he says Alan Lazard, who looked pretty good you know, for the Packers in that kind of new conceptual schemes and everything they got, plays they got going on out there. Lazard, Lazard had a nice little run. Was it like a, a jet sweep? Did I, did I see a jet sweep, Brody? Yeah, or like those little uh, – it's basically like that jet sweep except for where Aaron Rodgers like – pitches it to him yeah. forward so it's technically a pass yeah here's more from Lafleur on Lazard and first he's talking about Stafford being underrated now he says Alan Lazard's speed is underrated defensive backs know where he is at all times because he's going to try to punish you and I think he's got plenty of speed he's one of our fastest guys every time when we kick the ball off he's one of the first guys down if not the first guy down on kickoff every time so yeah he might be more of a the build-up type speed player but I think he's got plenty of speed to play at a high level in this league well I mean yeah he's he's in the NFL he's like the Packers number two definitely got uh, some skills about him I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy in the team though <laughs> yeah I mean in years past you don't looking at the Packers too deep I don't know if I would necessarily say uh speed since we've seen some of those those guys down there but yeah I mean Mark was Valdez Scantling Scantling's fast obviously Lazard isn't slow no. Devontae I mean Devontae Adams when you look at his pure pure uh 40 time wasn't he like a mid four five? Yeah, he's not the he's not. That's the not exactly fast, fast in the quote, NFL, unquote, but it, it has guy. worked pretty well for Devonte Adams, right? It definitely has. And in fact, speaking of Devonte Adams, Lafleur, I mean, what a what a game it was between Rodgers and Devonte Adams. It was that special connection that you saw Rodgers have of Jordy Nelson. Here's more from Lafleur on having a quarterback and a wide receiver like the combo, the duo that is Rodgers and Adams. It just allows you to make some in-game adjustments that maybe there's something that they see out there that you're not seeing as a coach. And and they've got a lot of history together that goes back many years. And sometimes they'll dig from the archives and come up with some pretty good stuff. But it's certainly a great luxury to have a quarterback and wide receiver tandem like we do with those two guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. It's one of the best in the league, that one-two combo. It's it's awesome. It's a thing of beauty. I saw a video over the offseason. You remember Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, right? Oh, yeah. He was watching Devontae. I don't know if you saw this video, Rowdy, but he was watching – Devonte Adams run routes and Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, and I'm not kidding. He posted the video of it of him crying, of how beautiful it was of Devonte Adams and his route. Well, running. first, I'm surprised that uh, Ochocinco has time to watch film. Just <laughs> isn't he still trying to pursue like a professional soccer career? That or was that years ago. That was years ago. That sailed. But now he's trying to do. He's trying to be like a professional like video gamer. Ah. Which he's good. He's good at doing that too. I love Chad Johnson was one of my favorite receivers ever. Like he was, he was just fun to watch. Right. Well, I think um, it's not only Chad Ochocinco Johnson, but it's a lot of receivers. I think around the league are starting to take notice of how good Devontae Adams is, especially out of his out of his breaks right off the line. He's a beast. I mean, wasn't it? Was it Sammy Watkins in the Super Bowl? Yeah. That said that he knew he could get by Richard Sherman because of what he saw Devontae Adams doing yep. on tape. I yep. believe that good, was good Sammy memory. Watkins. Good memory. And I think there's been some other receivers around the league that have talked about, you know, Devontae Adams and watching some of his film to improve their game. Yeah. Here's um let's go to the flip side of the 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 I should be nicer to him. Of the unkept Matt Patricia. His comments on Devontae Adams. He is one of the most dynamic players in the league, you know, and certainly one of their go-to guys on their team. And like I said, just the being on the same page with the quarterback, you'll see the extended plays that Aaron Rodgers does so well. It's like they have them designed. They know exactly where they're going to be in those situations based on, you know, how they break the pocket. And then they just, you know, complete some incredible, incredible plays off of those situations. And then how about the guy that gets the ball to Devontae? That would be Aaron Rodgers. Here's more from Matt Patricia. He's phenomenal. He's so hard to play against and, and so difficult to defend. He's so calm. He's so just collected the entire time he's out on the field. Certainly, as a as a coordinator going against him, trying to frustrate him or trying to you know stress him, he just you can't affect the guy at all. Do you think like coaches when they know they got the Packers coming up on the docket, they just can't sleep for a week because they know they have Aaron Rodgers they got to prepare for? Like how do you how do you honestly sit down and prepare for Aaron Rodgers? Like Mike Zimmer maybe thought he could do it, and then Rodgers really burst his bubble last Sunday. Well, the thing is that 
you know if Aaron Rodgers is playing at the level like he did against Minnesota, you have to just try and contain him. You can't stop him. <laughs> yeah. But if you're looking at the Aaron Rodgers from what, 2017 to 2019-ish? You're like, okay, we think we're like, okay, this. this is a pretty average quarterback, but he, he's still intelligent where he, he's going to get by on intelligence. Mm-hmm. But again, we talked about it. He looked like he turned it back to at least 2016 in uh, week one against the Vikings. Well, so I mean, then it becomes the a lot more scary. You can make the case he turned it back to 2010. He put up the QBR numbers that he hasn't done since 2010, and he's watching that 2010 tape. Here's more from Patricia on defending uh, more from Patricia, excuse me, on defending Rodgers. He knows his personnel very well. He knows the guys that are out there with him. He knows how to, you know, manipulate the defense and, and put them into spots, take advantage of all of that. So it is a major problem. He's a great player. He's still obviously very athletic. He can run. He can extend plays. His arm strength and accuracy is incredible. He's just a problem. You know, he's a problem to defend against. He's a problem, child. All right, Rowdy, we have a question here from the King on Twitch. The King says. We need a line for how many false starts the Lions will have on Sunday. What what would you set it at as the bookmaker gambler that you are? Two and a half? Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. Two and a half? half. Now you're like, well, there's going to be no fans in the stands, right? Well, LaFleur, they're going to pipe in the crowd noise. LaFleur was a little a myth of like why it seemed so quiet in Minnesota. And if you watch some of those week one games, specifically uh, the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and, and uh, Texans, you had guys jumping off sides. Obviously, there was a, a few uh, false starts or guys jumping off sides in the Packers-Vikings game. There, there's kind of some in, in every single game, obviously, yeah. in the NFL, even without fans in the stands. Yeah. Um, LaFleur, after the win at U.S. Bank Stadium was wondering a lot. He, he said this a lot in his press conferences leading up to um, today. Is like It seemed very quiet for the piped-in crowd noise. So LaFleur kept saying they went back to Lambeau and tried to figure out why it seemed so quiet. So here's more comments on LaFleur because we're going to have no fans in the stands on Sunday. It's going to be piped in. Here's more from LaFleur. I really am not smart enough to understand decibel levels and, and things of that nature. I just go out there and, and coach. I just want to make sure our guys can operate in whatever environment we're about to encounter. I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to tell you what it is. Did LaFleur just take a page out of Ted Thompson's book right there? What, what was that, Matt? What did you say? I really am not smart enough to understand decibel. I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to tell you what it is. Rowdy, has he been? Is Ted Thompson still lingering around the halls of Lambeau Field? Well, last last we had an update on old uh, old, old Teddy Silver T. Fox. Wasn't he still a consultant? Yeah, but but do you, do you want a consultant that says this? I, I don't. I'm not smart enough to tell you what it is. I'm not a smart man, <laughs> <laughs> but I know what love is. That's funny, dude. It's not like decibel. You can just Google it. That's what we did. Uh, okay. 85 decibel, 85 decibels. That's what allegedly the Packers or the NFL is allowed. 85 decibels is how loud your piped-in noise can be. I don't think you have to be smart to understand what that decibels means, the volume of yeah. noises. I'm looking right here. I just Googled it. 80 to 89 decibels, and they say any sounds above 85 are, are actually harmful for your ears. 80 to 89 is heavy traffic a window air conditioner, a noisy restaurant, or a power lawnmower. I've, I've never been in a noisy restaurant where I thought someone sounded like they are mowing their yard. Whatever. All right, just, let's crank the sound up, all right? Make it tough for the Lions on Sunday. On my way to the game, traffic's kind of heavy. Actually, traffic's not going to be heavy at all. It's CWA. Cheeseheads with attitude. Just cheeseheads everywhere. From the tapper, the Johnsonville Brock. Go visit the crapper. So take your shirt off when it's 20 below. Back, eat your heart out. CWA. Go. Go. Hush up. Sing it, Rowdy. Oh, gosh darn it. Don't you know? Turn it on and rip. Yes, Packers Sunday against the Detroit Lions. I'm a cheesehead, baby. 
Yes, CWA right there. I got to play some Weisenheimers later in the show as well. Go you Packers, go you go. All right, Rowdy, let's take a step back from the Packers for a second because, well, you know, what else happens on Sunday? There are some other NFL games, correct? I mean, the world does revolve around Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the Packers, yes. But much like the solar system, the Packers are the sun and everything else, you know, the planets revolve around it. Then there's other planets out there, i.e. football teams, that do revolve around the Packers. Well, what's the first game that you were saying, like, I want to I look at this one? I think it would have to be probably the Philadelphia Eagle-Los Angeles Ram game. Yeah, Eagles coming off a loss to the football team. I saw a stat yesterday. Carson Wentz led the NFL in bad throws. Mitch Trubisky was second and Jimmy Garoppolo third for the most quote-unquote bad throws in week one. Uh, and then you have the Rams who are coming off a win over America's team, the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. Well, and what's what's the line here? Philadelphia's favored by a point? Yeah, it's bouncing around right around one. Yeah, what do you think here? I think I like the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, now you're a big you're Wentz say, guy. What? Yes, I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Oof. Now, we, we have uh, Doug, who's the fan of the Washington football team. The football he talked team. about how good their defensive line was, which I am in agreement with them. They have a lot of guys that have some talent on that offensive line. They got after Carson Wentz, but here's the thing. They had Jason Peters and Lane Ta- or Lane Johnson both out. That's their starting tackles. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. Could you imagine if you had your, you know, Rick Wagner and Bakhtiari out? Yeah, that, that, would that would you would be fearing for Aaron Rodgers' life. Well, Indeed. then to make it even worse, Driscoll, who came in at right tackle as yeah. a replacement, he went out with cramps a little into the third quarter. So they were they were extremely thin on that offensive line. And then when you think about Philly, you still know that they have a pretty good defense. Yeah. Well, they're expected to get Derek Barnett back, who is a defensive end. He's at he's at full strength. He seems to be a go. So that'd be an upgrade to their defense. And if you look at what Washington did. You, you peel back into the box score, they still held Washington to the, the lowest amount of yards in an NFL game for week one. Mm-hmm. Washington didn't have a ton of total yards. There was just a, a lot of uh, bad offensive play by the Eagles. <laughs> and if you remember, the Eagles were up 17 to nothing. They were, yeah. So it's not like they, they just played terrible the whole game. They just blew it in the second half, kind of like when the, uh, the line was falling apart. You blew it! And uh, Lane Johnson, they're expecting, he's questionable, but they're expecting him to play. Don't forget, Miles Sanders oh, also said. G-Dub says Jason Peters played. But anyways, continue, Nelson. Sorry. Yeah, he's he's expected to play again here, too. Okay. Because he had a dinged-up knee. He was a yeah. little. Uh, so, Peters played. They're expecting to get Lane Johnson back. He was questionable. Uh, they also are expected to get Miles Sanders, the starting running back, who also had to sit out week yeah. one. How about this? The the Goff Wentz matchup, they say in NFL rarity, two quarterbacks were selected uh, numbers one and two in the draft only seven times since 1967, and this is one of the matchups. That's pretty crazy right there. Uh, one thing for the Rams though, I'm looking at this. They are a pretty dominant road team under Sean McVay as they've gone 20 and eight on road and neutral site games. That's that's pretty good on the road, Rowdy, as they're going to you know Philadelphia. And no fans in the stands there either. It is, but I think uh, I was on the Rams last week when you were. with the, the Cowboys. Yeah, the Rams, the thing with the with the Jared Goff for me, and I think for like the last couple of years, Stinks. he's a eh quarterback. He's all right. He got paid a lot of money. But the biggest thing with him is if you can get pressure on him, where he gets that happy feet, and all of a sudden he starts, you know, Short throwing it short into the guy's feet, or he's yeah. he's sailing it over their heads. If you can get pressure on Jared Goff, he becomes a terrible quarterback. Well, yeah. And what do we know about Philly? They like to get pressure on the quarterback. They got a pretty good defense just in general. I think uh, they could uh, give the Rams some trouble, especially Jared Goff. And I think a lot of people are kind of uh, throwing the Eagles out after the bad performance against the Washington football team. But and then you have on the opposite side, 
you have everyone's high on the Rams because they beat Dallas, who a lot of people had tickets on Dallas to win the Super Bowl. You know, Mike McCarthy's back. Dak, they drafted C.D. Lamb. They have Ezekiel Elliott. He has a new tattoo. I mean, <laughs> the, feed, the, list, the feed me tattoo. The, the list goes on, right? So I think a lot of a lot of people have kind of thrown away the Eagles after Week One, and a lot of people are now high all of a sudden on the Rams. Where yeah. I think I'm uh, not. Well, and I'm not a Carson Wentz guy. Carson Wentz to me is very overrated. But you you continue to ride with your boy with the Wentz wagon. I just think there's a there's some value on the Eagles at just a minus one. I feel like it. It should be closer to three. All right, all right. So you're going, you're rolling with. Uh, I'll, I'll roll with the Eagles. The Eagles, then. I I, I kind of roll with the Eagles there too. I'm not a big believer in Carson Wentz. Uh, Wentz. Yeah. What's the next game you're eyeing up? Um, you said it to me, and when I forgot, I brain farted. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a few games that I like on here. Another one that I'd like to talk about would be the Seahawks and and Patriots. Yeah, this should be a good game. Uh, Seahawks Patriots. What is the line on the Seahawks and Patriots? minus four for the Seahawks as favorites? Ooh, and that's uh, that's that's Sunday night. That's prime time. Okay, there it is. As the Patriots go into Seattle to. Is the air quality going to be all right out there? Have they said anything about that? Sounds like it's going to be fine. I haven't heard anything where yeah. they're talking about canceling it. They didn't. Have, they don't have that chop zone. Didn't take over uh, Century Link, did it? They didn't threw that into an impromptu like uh, a non-government, no police zone. Did they? If it did, I believe it was disbanded. <laughs> they came in. The heavies came in and started busting heads. All right. So real quick, before we to- do that, let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who do we got? I freaking say with some oh, major oh. Anthony Nelson here. Well done, Charlie. <laughs> All right, so Rowdy, pa- well, Charlie, your phone was breaking up there. I don't know what happened. Uh, Patriots, Seahawks. So, Rowdy, we got the debut of Cam Newton last week for the New England Patriots. He, what, he rushed for two touchdowns. The Patriots get it done. Uh, Russell Wilson uh, for the Seahawks last week. Four touchdowns, 322 yards. He was 31 of 35 balling out. What do we see in this game? I'm leaning, by the way, right away, right out the gates. I'm going Seattle Seahawks in this. Yeah, one. that's I like the Seahawks too. I I mentioned this earlier in the week. I just wasn't impressed by the New England Patriots. I feel like they got a lot of hype, right? Oh, it's still Bill Belichick. All they're talking about is Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. I mean, you beat the Dolphins by ten, and the Dolphins had three turnovers. I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, Same as the Dolphins. Again, yeah, like you said, yeah, it's the Dolphins. It's dude. the Dolphins. Cam Newton wasn't overly impressive, in my opinion. Did he, enough to get it, it done, was, though. Yeah, he was more impressive running with his legs, but what do we know? He's been dinged up quite a bit. I don't know how much I want Cam Newton to be running the football around. I'd rather just see him throw it. Is he flashier with what he wears off the field or flashier on the field? Which one's more flashy? I think off the I think, field. I think you're at right now it's got to be off the field. But if you look at what Seattle did... Wasn't he wearing like a yellow tuxedo? He looked like Dick Tracy coming in, if you even know who Dick Tracy is. I couldn't tell you. Good movie. Go check it out. <laughs> but see, I mean, Seattle, they looked really good. They're up 28-12 to 12 against the uh, Falcons at halftime. A lot of, That game got a little closer in the second half because of some garbage time, which Matt Ryan is the king of. Yeah. But the Seahawks looked good. Russell looked Wilson really good. looked good. In my opinion, he validated being the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes. Russell Wilson is incredible. I saw a stat yesterday that made me my jaw hit the floor. Russell Wilson has never received one MVP vote in his career. Isn't that wild? I saw yet, that Bleacher Report. Like yesterday, we talked about how he carried a team that had a, a hurt Doug Baldwin. Uh, their receivers were basically Metcalf and Lockett. Will Disley, the starting tight end, was out with a knee injury. They lost all three of their running backs who were basically relying on Marshawn Lynch. A guy that hadn't played in years before and isn't playing this year. He carried that team. And when you have a, a guy that's as talented as Russell Wilson and a coach He's that's a as good as Pete Carroll, that combination wins a lot of games in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're give me the Patriots I, or the Seahawks, I mean, in this one. I just don't know if the New England Patriots can score with the Seattle Seahawks in this game. Yeah, I don't think that I don't know if they can either. I mean, Russell Wilson is just he just wills, he just does it. One of his best games. When Seattle just rolled the arm of Russell Wilson over the Atlanta Falcons, and it I think this will this will be the real the first real test for Cam Newton and Bill Belichick as they play an actual playoff caliber team, not no doubt. the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Dolphins struggled in Game One, and you won by ten. Yeah, all right. Uh, so we're so both yeah, in agreement. Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks minus four. What's the next one you're looking at? We're gonna go with the. How about we'll go back to the Big D, <gasps> Dallas and Atlanta. America's team with America's coach, Mike McCarthy? Against Atlanta. I see. So this line actually started at seven, seven and a half. I see Amari Cooper's a little banged up too. And now it's all the way bet down to four and a half, four in places. Obviously, Cowboys are still the favorite. Cowboys didn't look that great against the Rams. They They didn't. That offense looked disjointed. It did. 
I mean, no preseason, brand new scheme, brand new coach. You have, you know, Dak Prescott losing, you know, family member, and you get, then you got the controversy of Skip Bayless being a complete idiot talking about it. There was a lot of drama and new, there was, and new systems in, in the Big D. And there were some uh, positions that had to be uh, settled on the offensive yep. line because and they tight had end. some. Their tight end yep, also. Jarwin's out. Tore his a, or did he tear his ACL? Yep. He's out for the season. Yep, and that offensive line was a little beat up going into the season. Yep. Uh, they did. C.D. Lamb looked decent. Their their offense still looked, it looked disjointed, but it looked like okay, this could have some potential yeah, to be better. It'll blow up, yeah. Now, uh, Van Der Esch did hurt his neck, and I'm not sure if he's playing. Who is one of their their stud linebackers that has had some injury issues? Um, I'm interested in this game just because it's the first Dallas home game, and, and we're gonna have fifty. We got fifty percent in there. And I think I just saw it the other day, too, that Texas uh, governor even uh, loosened up even more restrictions Hell when yeah. it comes to businesses and stuff. And Jerry Jones says he's going to pack that thing 50% full. So, I mean, we'll Let's see. Let's go. America's but, team. But here's why it could come into play. Is this the first real home field advantage of the season? I think it could be. So. Oh, no. I just Googled it. Is it, is it not? No they're one's going, going in? No, they're doing 25%. You cowards. Do 50 did you see, by the way, that the Chiefs came out and said that they had someone in the stands get positive COVID nineteen tests? Oh, and they're no. all freaking out. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, I was I was under the pressure they were going to get fifty percent. I thought that would be interesting just to see how loud that crowd was versus uh, a lot of the other crowds because is twenty five percent still the most that we've seen by any team? Um, yeah, because the Chiefs are at like twenty. Is I think yeah I thought like some that. of the other teams that we're talking about were like fifteen to twenty yeah and like there was some teams like eighteen percent and I think twenty five will be the most we'll see and regardless of how you felt about the the booing on the unity you could still hear that many people and that was like what eighteen thousand I think it was yeah there's about eighteen thousand in there yeah there I mean, was you could, a, still you could hear, hear that quite well yeah um, yeah I think I like Dallas in this game I think another Same. week of prep. I mean, you're giving up four and a half Coming at home. the current line. You're already getting three points in value as the line has swung. Man, I think that offense, you give it another week. Yeah, Matt Ryan and, and the Falcons are king of garbage time. Yes, they are. They didn't exactly play super well against uh, the Seahawks, who don't. It's not the Legion of Boom anymore. And uh, it's not like Dallas has the greatest defense, but I think it's a pretty comparable defense to what Seattle has. Well, plus, I mean, if you're the Cowboys and you're going out west, you're going to a state that literally they're canceling games because of air quality. The whole state looks like hell on earth. Everything is burning down. Could you imagine? And if you're Big Mike, you can't run very fast. What if the stadium starts on fire, Rowdy? What's he going to do? He's going to be left behind in 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 the clouds. The I don't know. I think there's win. yeah. I think there's just more upside on the Cowboys this week. I, totally. I think I would take them at minus four and a half. We're, we're in agreement there as well. Uh, Cowboys to get her done, and let's squeeze one more in here before break. I think I got to look back on the uh, Buffalo Bills Miami Dolphins again. Oh, you got to build down. I'm with you. I think you got to take the the Bills minus six again this week. Buffalo Bills are going to win their division. The Buffalo Bills are this is the team to watch this year out of the AFC. I mean, Am I wrong in saying that? I think the Bills are going to be awesome. No, no. I, I think the, I think Buffalo was, in my opinion, the favorite to win the division. Yeah, we're billing down. With or without Cam Newton prior yep. to that signing. Uh, the Bills, I mean, if you look at it, they smoked the Jets. They did. Now, that game ended up being a 27-17, to 17, but that was a lot of... Uh, Late scoring in the second half wasn't it twenty one? Was it twenty one to nothing at halftime? Something like that. Uh, the, it got a little nerve wracking at the end, but that was just a lot of the Bills kind of shutting it down. Totally. And then when you look at the Dolphins, yeah, they lost to the New England Patriots. Yeah, they lost by ten. They had some turnovers. They didn't look especially great. Ryan Fitzpatrick is Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Yes, he is. He'll have a few good games, but overall, he's not the greatest quarterback. That's why he's never really commanded a starting job yep, yep. outside of Buffalo when Buffalo yeah, wasn't He's good. got like three good games under his belt. I just, man, the Bills just are a better team They're, in my opinion. The Bills, the Bills are good. Check this out. The Bills are 5-1 and one against Miami since Sean McDermott became the coach in 2017. 
And uh, Brian Flores last year, zero and two against the Bills. And I still think this year for Miami, they could be a, a pretty bad four, you know, four or six win team. Yeah. Just because they're continuing to rebuild, they had all those draft picks. Two is probably not going to play until later in the season. Correct. They're still kind of putting it all together. The Bills are a team, in my opinion, that are built to win now. And they I, have I the like good Josh defense. Allen. I'm a big Josh Allen guy. They have they had a they have a good defense. They mm-hmm. added another running back to complement Singletary. I mean, they added the receiver in Stephon Diggs. They went out and signed John Brown and uh, Cole Beasley the years prior, and now they're re- they're really just looking forward to uh, Josh Allen taking another step. I, I, Josh Allen's a beast. I I think Josh the Bills, has a career highs last week. Yeah, I think the Bills win the uh, the division. And I think the Bills have a shot at making a, a playoff run, and and a, to the same thing, it's they're giving up a, a six points. Yeah. If this was seven and a half, I probably wouldn't play the game. But at six, I think the Bills could easily win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, last week Josh Allen threw thirty three completions for three hundred and twelve yards. That was both career highs for Josh Allen. Bill down. We got on Twitch here, Mister Miami six six four says no 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 no. Fitz Magic bounces back. Give me the fish by three. Now, keep in mind, his name is Mr. Miami. So I think someone's a little... uh. You see uh, the Kings uh, comment on Twitch? Fitzpatrick set records for the Jets, Nelson. You need to fact check. Sorry, CNN's got to get on that.